Hello and welcome to United's podcast and sermon archives. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at fergusunited.org or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and we hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Second Corinthians chapter number 5. I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. It says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Okay, let's talk that out. That means as long as I'm here in the flesh, I am not physically with Christ. He said, we're, we're confident of that. That's pretty easy to be confident of. Verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 8 says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So we have two statements here where the apostle said, There are two things that I am confident of. The first one was, he said, I am confident that as long as I am here in the flesh, I am not in, in God's physical presence. He said, I'm also confident of the fact that when the time comes that I'm no longer here in the flesh, I'm absent in the body, at that point, I will be present with Christ. And sandwiched in the middle there is a principle that navigates us from one truth to the next. So in in this time frame, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the body, I'm not present with Christ. I'm trying to travel this life in such a direction that I am absent from the body and present with Christ. How do I do that? He said we walk by faith and not by sight. Our ability to navigate this life successfully is contingent upon our level of faith. Our level of faith. So I want to simply preach to us this morning, faithful. Faithful. Not faithful, but faithful. And we're going to make a connection between those words because I'll give you the the real quick synopsis. I don't think it's possible to remain faithful if we don't remain faithful. Sometimes we try so hard to be faithful, but we disconnect that from its root word, faith. And so we try of our own accord and our own self-discipline, and our own strength, and our own knowledge, and our own wisdom to be faithful to the things of God when really it's our, it's our faith that we need to be focusing on. I'm going to make those connections, Lord willing, today. Second Timothy 4 and 7, the Apostle Paul writes, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He's describing himself at the end of his life as being a faithful individual. And the words that he chooses to use is, I have kept the faith. And by keeping the faith, I have been faithful. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, The devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou 
faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Jesus said, be faithful all the way to the point of death. That transition that we read about in the first passage of Scripture where I I exit the body and become present with Christ. I've got to remain faithful all the way up to that point. And he said, if you're faithful unto death, I will give you a crown of life. So I think it's safe to say that we are called to be, and it is important to be, faithful people. Can we agree on that at this point? We are called to be like God. We are called to be like God. So before I go any further in talking about our responsibility, let me just take a moment and remind us that He is faithful. We've already mentioned it and some of the songs we've sang have touched on it, but we serve a faithful God. The Scripture says that, that if we fall to sin, which we, we know displeases God, Okay, but He doesn't get mad and throw His hands in the air and sigh like our children do when we take away their favorite toy. He just he says if we fall he is, and we confess our faults, He is faithful and just to forgive us. He's faithful. His mercy is faithful. He says in the Scripture that He will never leave us or forsake us. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that because even the people who we are closest to have a point in which they will go no farther. But God said, I I will never leave you or forsake you. The psalmist writes it this way one one time. He He said, even if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Thou art there. He will never leave you or forsake you. The Bible tells us that He is as close as the mention of His name. To be able to call on the name of Jesus in a moment's notice and know with a surety and a confidence that He will show up. I'm glad we don't get God's voicemail. You know, He doesn't screen our calls and depending on what we say on the recorder determines whether or not He's going to show up. He just says, I'm as close as the mention of my name. That's what the Scripture says. The Bible tells us He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's there in the midst of our trouble. Not just in the bad days, but the, the writer of Scripture also says, I am now an old man and I have never seen the righteous forsaken. God never said, oh, you know what, I'm, just, I'm done. With it. I'm just going to turn my back for a little while. But no, I'm, I'm going to be faithful. We serve a faithful God who has called us to be like Him. We are Christians. That means we are Christ-like. Therefore, if He is faithful, we ought to strive to be faithful also. There is a faith factor to faithfulness. There are those in both camps that attempt to pit faith against faithfulness. You're either faithful or you're faithful. And there's ideologies on both sides that... that attempt to isolate themselves and downplay the other. Anybody ever heard the expression, there's a ditch on both sides of the road? Which ditch do you want to drive in when you're going down the road? Neither one of them, right? No, I I don't want to end up in the ditch on the right-hand side, and and I don't want to end up in the ditch on the left-hand side. But 
There are those that, that cling to being faithful. And they accuse those that are faithful of easy believism. Ah, just you got to be faithful. And if, and if you're just talking about faith all the time, that's just sloppy grace. That's all that is. Yeah, you just you don't even really love God. And they make accusations. To which the other camp that is so full of faith accuses the faithful of legalism. Well, you just think you're going to work your way to heaven. That's what you think you're going to do. You, you do all the right things and you avoid all the wrong things. And somehow of your own accord, you're, you're going to make your way to heaven. James addresses this debate and provides us some clarity on the subject. I'm going to read a lengthy passage of Scripture, more so than I, I normally would on a Sunday morning, but we're going to go to the book of James chapter number 2. We're going to read verses 14 through 26. Now, I love the book of James because he just kind of puts it out there. James doesn't pull any punches. I don't think he's out to offend anyone, but he just, he's very black and white. And so we're going to read here what the Holy Ghost inspires James to write. James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? So he gives us an analogy here. He says if someone comes to you and they're hungry or they're cold, they don't have clothing, and you with great faith say to them, in Jesus' name, you're going to go your way and your, your belly's going to be full and, and you're going to be warm and well-clothed. James says, what, what does it profit if you haven't given them anything to fill their belly or cover their body? He says in verse 17, even so faith if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So faith by itself, without faithful works, is dead. He says in verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So here's the the ditch on both sides of the road. And James is addressing this age-old question that still rings true today. He goes on to verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So just my, my belief alone isn't going to save me. Even the devils have enough sense to know who God is. He said, But thou wilt, or I'm sorry, but wilt thou know O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father? So now he's pointing them back to the Old Testament. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with works or mixed with works and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, 
and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only? Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So, I, I mean, he addresses it uh, in as much detail as we could expect Scripture to address it in. And he identifies the ditch on both sides of the road. For those who would, would lean on works alone, let's start there. For me to have a legalistic approach and say that the path of heaven is paved with do's and don'ts, and my faith is obsolete as long as I accomplish the goals that are before me. What about Hebrews 11 and 6, which says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We would have to direct an individual who leans into legalism to the Scriptures that declare that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The things that we as humanity deem and declare as righteous are not the same as what God declares as righteous. Legalism, or the idea that one can do enough to make it to heaven, removes the spotlight from the Lord and places it on self. If I think for a moment that that the right actions and the avoiding the wrong actions is enough to, to somehow get me to heaven. What I'm really doing is saying, no, 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 no. Don't, don't look at the cross. Look at me. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm going to go to heaven because I've done all of these things. One's ability to make it to heaven becomes more about what they have done than about what God has done. And while their actions are not all bad, their trust or their faith is placed in the wrong place. It's placed in their interpretation of right and wrong. Their evaluation of self. Legalism is a ditch that we must avoid. Amen? Then there are those who would lean into faith alone. Many churches fall into this category and they would preach to you, all you need is faith in God. Repeat after me. We're going to pray the sinner's prayer, which isn't in the Bible, but we're going to pray it anyways. And people declare, oh, I, Jesus, I acknowledge You as the Son of God. And I put my faith in You. And then they walk away from that service. Unfortunately, most of these people are sincere and they're being misled by people that are standing in pulpits and should know better. Because it's not the Word of God. This idea that faith alone will take me to heaven is a ditch on the opposite side of the road. Actionless faith does not produce faithfulness. And we are called to be faithful. The Scripture compels us to be fruitful in this life. And faith alone does not produce fruit. I can believe 
All I want to believe that when spring rolls around this year, there's going to be a beautiful apple tree in my yard, and I'm going to walk out to that tree. I could close my eyes and picture it. I'm going to grab a nice red apple, and I'm going to pull it off that tree, and it's going to taste so sweet. But you know why that's not going to happen? Because I didn't put any apple seeds in the ground. I didn't spend any time watering them. I didn't put any fertilizer down. And so for me to believe that, I would be a little bit deranged and misled. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. See, He desires for us to be faithful. Not legalistic. Not that I can say, I've kept all the commandments. That, that's why I'm going to make... No, no, no. But as a result of my love for God, I'm going to be faithful to some things that He's outlined. Matthew 15 and 8 says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How unfortunate it is that at least for the time being we're still considered a Christian nation. And most common folk that you would talk to on the street, if you were to go person to person and ask their religion, for the most part, you would still receive the answer that, that I, am a, I am a Christian. And they would profess that with their mouth, but their confidence is in their faith alone and their lifestyle and their heart is far from God. To verbally or even mentally profess that I believe in God and not be faithful to His Word is hypocritical. It, it just is. What James proposes is to avoid the ditch on both sides of the road, but to allow faith to become my fuel for faithfulness. I am faithful, and it leads me to be faithful. It's all kind of tongue-twisting going on up here, but I think you're following along with me. This is the proper approach. James says he never excludes faith. You go back and you reread that passage. He never downplays the importance of faith. What he says is, I will show you my faith by my works. He said, you're going to know where my faith is placed by watching the things that I do. It's my faith that's going to propel my lifestyle in a certain direction. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's what it says in Mark 16 and 16. There's a, a combination here that we see of faith and action. I try very hard to, to have serious conversations with people leading up to their decision to be baptized. Because you know what happens if you are baptized without the uh, proper placement of faith? Anybody know what happens? You, you just get wet. And then I got to get wet too. <laughs> we just get wet. And, but there's something about it when I say, you know what? I've seen in the Word of God, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I believe that. 
I put my faith in that. And because I'm, I'm full of faith concerning what God's Word has said, I'm going to do what He said to do. Now, when you take that approach, the supernatural takes place. And a person's sins are washed away. And they're made a new crea- creature in Christ. There's something about it. The Scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. I've got to have faith in that Word. And then go out and do it. I've got to go out and do what I said I was going to do. God is great and greatly to be praised, the Scripture says. Now let's just be honest for a moment. We don't always feel like praising God. There are some Sundays... Or we'll be even more real, there are some Mondays that praising God isn't really our emotional response to the day. But I put my faith in the fact that the Scripture says God is great and He's greatly to be praised. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship God today. I'm going to praise God today. I'm going to lift Him up and magnify. Why are you doing that? Well, because I I believe what the Word of God says. I, I have faith in that. And so it, it dictates my actions, not how I'm feeling, not what I'm going through, but where I've placed my faith, it fuels me and it propels me in a certain direction. Thou shalt not steal. And the opportunity arises to take something that doesn't belong to me. And it's easy and it would be convenient and I would enjoy it, but my faith is in the Word of God and so it, it propels me to avoid an action that the flesh would probably partake in. There is a marrying of these concepts of faith and the Scripture says works. Faith and works. Faith and faithfulness. Where I have my faith is going to determine what I'm faithful to. James is setting the record straight. It's not faith or works, but rather it's faith and works. It's not the ditch on either side of the road, but it's where they come together. And my obedience in God's Word mixed with His ability to perform what He said He will and amazing things take place. I'm faithful to the commands of God because I'm full of faith concerning the commands of God. Struggles in faithfulness. And this is, this is where we miss it a lot of times. Because I think we're all, we, we could all agree on that. You could probably articulated that yourself. But many times, struggles in faithfulness are rooted in lapses of faith. I'll let you think about that for a moment. A lot of times, our struggles in faithfulness are rooted in lapses of faith. It's when my level of faith becomes low that my temptation to go wayward becomes strong. When all of a sudden I find myself with more faith in the fact that sin and disobedience will bring about gratification than I have in the Word of God that says it's going to lead to destruction that I struggle. My faithfulness is challenged because my faith is challenged. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I've, I've fought a good fight. I've ran a good course. I have kept the faith. How'd you remain so 
so faithful, Paul. You went through shipwrecks and you were beat with rods and you were stoned and, and, and man, you had all these trials in your life and you had this illness that, that God didn't heal you from. What, what was your secret? He said, I've, I've kept the faith. I've kept my faith where I needed it to be. No matter what it is that we struggle with, there is a, a promise or a directive in the Word of God that if we place our faith there, we will strengthen ourselves. We will strengthen ourselves to do the right thing. So that leads to the question. I asked you earlier, when do you fill your tank? How low can my faith become before I know that I need a refilling? See, it would be great if we had the, like the light that would just come on. Oh yeah, I need some more faith. But it's, it's even more complicated than that because when that light comes on in our car, we know exactly where to go and we know exactly what to do to refuel that vehicle. But how do I refuel my faith? I mean, I, we could talk about concepts today, but okay, great, great, that's a wonderful message. Yep, I, I recognize I'm, I'm low on faith, but, and? And what do I do? Where do I go? What, what is it that's going to bring about more faith in my life? Romans 10 and 17. <clears throat> We mentioned this passage last week. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. How is it that I increase my faith? I need to read the Word. I need to memorize the Word. I, I need to get down and listen to the preached Word of God. I need, maybe if I'm low on faith, I'm going to pop a CD, or we don't do CDs anymore. Apostolicpreaching.com is a wonderful resource. I'm going to plug my phone in, and I'm not going to listen to whatever music's playing or whatever's going on. I'm grateful for music, but sometimes what I need to hear is the Word of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling Hallelujah. you, I went through a time in life, and, and I was trying to work through some things, and I, I would suggest this. If you're struggling with something, memorize some Scripture. Write some scripture down. For the longest time, you walk through our home, there was just scriptures, just on, on notebook paper, written with pen, and they were taped all over the place. I had scriptures taped to my closet door, and I had scripture taped to the front of a, a, a video monitor, and there's scripture on the bathroom mirror, and there's scripture taped to the coffee table because I want to know that everywhere I look, there's something that's going to build my faith up and help me to make right decisions as I walk into that area in my home. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's how you build your faith. That's, that's one area. So, oh man, I'm, I'm struggling. You pick it. Oh, I'm struggling so much with holiness. I, to, to, to be right on the inside and to be right on the outside. And, and I've got this battle that goes on. Then I need to go back to the Word of God. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see the Lord. Amen. Oh, it's not just semantics. It's not just games. I'm, I'm going to place my faith in that Word. Yes, and as that Word yes, speaks Jesus. over and over and over again in my mind, I, I'm going to begin to remember how important it is. And that struggle to be faithful is going to be diminished yes, because yes, my Lord. faith is Thank going to be filled with the Word of God. 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Revelations 12 and 11 says this, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. I'm grateful for the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. How is it that I can refuel my faith that's by the word of my testimony? When you're feeling low and your faithfulness is challenged, sometimes the best thing to do is just to begin to speak to yourself and say, Self, don't you remember all the times that God has brought you through before? Don't you remember when you were downcast and God lifted you up? Don't you remember when when you were financially challenged and God provided? Hey, remember that one time when you were sick in your body and God touched you and healed you? There's an old song, and I'm I'm just telling you what I do today, but there's an old song that simply says, you don't know like I know what He's done for me. And there are days that I'm going through this life and faithfulness is challenged. And I don't want to do the right things and I don't want to keep pressing forward. Sometimes it's not only about doing the wrong things. It's just I don't want to be as faithful and aggressively moving forward the kingdom of God. And I've got to stop and begin to sing. But you don't know like I know what He's done for me. Oh, you don't know like I know what He's done for me. How could I ever consider the idea of being less faithful to a God who's come through for me over and over and over and over. He's never let me down. I've never been alone in a situation. I've been in some pretty bad areas of life, and yet when I look to my left and to my right, Jesus is always standing somewhere nearby. We overcome by the word of our testimony. And it begins to build faith. And that little trial of my faithfulness doesn't look so bad anymore in comparison to all that He's done for me. It's not just about you. Sometimes you need to tell one another what God has brought you through. I'm grateful to be a part of a church body. And I don't just have to lean into my own experiences. But your testimony can fill my faith tank. And there are challenges that you don't have to face. Because I can share with you what God has done for me. And we can draw strength from one another. And we can hear, hey, hey, if God did it for them, God will do it for me too. If God came through in their situation, you know what, my, my illness isn't quite as bad as theirs. My, my situation's not quite as bleak as that. God can come through for me too. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We say it like it's a, a, a trite little nursery rhyme, but sometimes really what we do need to do is count our blessings. Count our blessings. Oh, I'm, I'm too weak to carry on. Yeah, but let me remind you of the Scripture that declares it's in your weakness that His strength is made perfect. I remember feeling this way before, but God came through then. Why wouldn't He come through now? He's unchangeable. He's not weaker than He was in that day. He's not more distracted than He was in that day. He still loves me just as much as He did in that day. And all of a sudden, my faith begins to rise. And the idea of being less faithful just seems foolish. Because I'm faith-filled. Faith-filled. God gives us another key. Jude, there's only one chapter, verses 20 and 21. But ye, beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking unto the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I've got some old apostolic advice for the church today. When your faith is low, you need to pray through. You need to pray through. We better not ever get so sophisticated that we neglect to preach and to talk about the power of just praying through. Praying through to a point of being lost in the Holy Ghost. Jude said, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. That's what I need. I need to build up my faith. How, how do I do that, Jude? Tell me. Praying in the Holy Ghost. He said in verse 21 that when you do that, you keep yourselves in the love of God. You remain faithful because you've prayed through to a point of, of, of being refilled with the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost has many purposes in our life, but Jude makes sure to tell us that it is an effective tool in refueling our faith. I can't think of anything more beneficial to my faith than walking away from an altar knowing full well that I have experienced all over again the power of God in me. I mean, you can hear stories and you can, you can read about accounts in Scripture and that builds your faith, but there's, there's nothing that builds your faith quite like a personal experience with Jesus. Because people can convince you otherwise of stories that you've been told. And there are those that, that stake their life on trying to convince you that this book right here is filled with fables. But one thing they cannot take away from you is the experiences that you have had with Jesus. Amen. We heard it this morning even during the, the worship service. It was so beautiful. I just felt like the Lord was going before me and preparing our hearts for this this point in the message, but there's something exciting in a church about the sound of folks lifting up their voice and praying in a language that is foreign to them. Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Why does that excite me? It excites me because I know that when that's happening, somebody's getting built up in their faith. Somebody's getting the touch that they need. Few things fuel my desire to remain faithful to the Lord than praying to a point of getting lost in His presence. Just just getting lost in the... I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if the song stops. I don't care if another one starts. I'm just in the presence of God. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Oh man, you, you really preach about all that speaking in tongue stuff? Absolutely. Because, because they did. And, and, if, and if they did, and I don't, then I'm a fool. I can't explain it to you. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to my carnal mind. But my faith is in the Word of God. And the Word of God says that when I can get through all the junk and all the flesh, and I can lift my voice and begin to pray, and the Spirit starts to give utterance, that I can walk away from that situation with my faith built. I can walk away built up in my most holy faith, knowing with a confidence that it was God that was working in me. My faith is filled, and that's how I remain faithful. 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 So my question to us today as I come to a close is how is your faith level? Look into the dashboard of your life and examine where, where is my level of faith? 
You say, man, all my focus right now is just on trying to be faithful. Pause it for a moment. Set that, set that trial aside. You know, the other thing that Paul says in one point in that Scripture, he said, I have fought the good fight of faith. You know what that means? If there's a good fight, then by default, there's also a, a fight that's not so good. That's right. And if my fight is always about the, the thing that I'm struggling with, that's not the right fight. It's not the right fight. I just gotta. Uh, I don't. You know. I don't feel like being faithful to the house of God. So I'm just gonna. I'm gonna make up my mind. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight that thing. And that's good. We we need to have some resolve. But but it's not. That's the symptom. That's the symptom. What's the cause? The cause is I got. I got to go back and work on my faith. I got to go back to what. What's the word of God say about what I'm dealing with? Okay. Let, let's build some faith around that right there. Because if I can strengthen that then the symptom's going to go away. Yes. Where's your faith at today? What, what's, the, what's the level of faith? I've been in situations, full transparency, when I couldn't afford to put fuel in my car. But the good news on this Sunday morning is faith is free. There's no price tag on faith. God doesn't require you to, to bring something. In fact, the Scripture says there's a, a measure of faith given to every man. Yes, it is. Where we place that faith is up to us. Amen. There's no reason to run low on topping off the tank. I get it. I, 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 we laugh. We have fun. I know why we allow our, our cars to get so low. Because we're busy and we got places to be. And we don't really want to stop. But, but let's not say the same thing in the Spirit. Yeah. Oh God, I didn't take the time to, to fill the faith tank because I just had a lot going on. And, and I didn't want to take the time to read the Word. that I, I, I didn't really feel like I had time to pray. I wanted to sleep in a little bit that day. I, and, and so we just get so consumed in the day-to-day that all of a sudden the light's coming on. And there's, there's sirens. Beep, 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 beep. Get gas or you're going to come to a screeching halt. Right? Let it not be in your faith. Why not? You know what? Oh, man, I've only got seven-eighths of a tank. I guess I better fill up with faith today. Oh, oh, I, I went a little distance. I better, I better get a little more faith today. If we remain faithful for just a little while longer, we're going to hear the most amazing words ever to pass through our carnal ears. Jesus describes the end times and the judgment. And He says that He's going to say to those on His right hand, those that have done well, He's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. You've been, you've been faithful. You've kept your faith in the right place long enough that it has is, it is classified you as good and faithful. Because of that, you can now enter in to the joy of the Lord. Man, how, what, it, what is it going to be like when we finally get to hear those words? When Jesus... It's one thing for, for me to classify you as faithful. It's one thing for your spouse to classify you as faithful. But for the God of the universe to look down on us and say, Hey, you did good. You... You were faithful. And we know 
all the times we fell and all the times we messed up. I was talking to somebody just this last week about how it, it just it racks my brain to read scripture that says the righteous man falls down seven times and gets back up. You wouldn't call him righteous and neither would I. Mm. We would say the well-intentioned individual, you know, they're a good guy, but man, they make a lot of mistakes. God said, that guy right there, he's righteous. Oh, Jesus, I'm not sure if you know this. He's been on the ground a few times. Mm -hmm. To which God would say, yeah, but what you don't understand is he's remained, he's remained faithful. Hallelujah. His faith was in the right place. Hallelujah. So I don't care if you're up or down today. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care where you are. Oh, glory, hallelujah. You remain Thank you. Faithful, it will empower you to remain faithful. Yes. We're going to play some music. We're going to pray like we do. And I would encourage you to activate exactly what we've preached about today. You need to take some time and thank God for the things He's already done. If you're dealing with something specific, if there's a challenge to your faithfulness in God, you better open up your Bible. You better do a search on your phone for scriptures that apply to it. And begin to, to activate your faith around those scriptures. And at, at all cost, why not pray through today? Why not pray through until you walk out of here knowing that God has refilled you with His Spirit? Knowing that you've had an encounter with Jesus? You're at the service station this morning. It's time to fill up on faith. The rest of this is in your hands. I'm going to play some music. We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, you've been so good to me. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you'd like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online to fergusunited.org. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you will be automatically notified of our new episodes. Thank you very much and we hope you have a great week. God bless you.